the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield. Strewn with debris of a fallen world, it challenges even the hardest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Welcome, friends. It's Saturday, and we're happy to be back with you this morning to talk about courageous Christianity. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my stalwart wingman. Hello, everyone. Stalwart. Thank nice. you. That's, <laughs> that's a compliment. Thank Invincible, you. Invincible, courageous. <laughs> Things in this world are crazy and getting crazier. Children are told they can pick their gender. Young adults are bombarded by sex, vulgarity, and celebrity. Teachers are forced to push progressive dogma. Parents are marginalized by the state. And Christians are told they can talk about anything but God. In fact, Christians are routinely bullied in politics, ridiculed in the media, and intimidated in almost every area of our lives. And we have allowed it. At the intersection of our faith in this troubled world, we often stand weak-kneed and confused about how to move across this dangerous terrain and not become like the enemy. The purpose of this show is to answer that question, how do we stand our ground but not become like the enemy? The answer is that Jesus showed us. That is our intent for Courageous Christianity, to explain the ministry of Jesus in the context of war by unraveling the strategy, operations, and tactics modeled for us by Jesus, our warrior savior, as we strive to be more effective as we engage the world and the forces of evil on the spiritual battlefield. Today we forge ahead in that effort with part two of our series, The Warrior Mindset. Regardless of what we understand about warfare, if we don't begin to think of ourselves as warriors led by a conquering king, that understanding will not be brought to bear on the enemy and we will continue to lose ground. If, on the other hand, we stand firm in our faith, in God's word and true love, then those in darkness will meet the Savior through us and the Holy Spirit will have his opportunity in their hearts. Before we push on with what I pray will be a turning point in our thinking, I must share with you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray. Heavenly Father, these are certainly difficult times and yet we know that we have been made for such a time as this. 
In your Son, Jesus, we have all we need. In his name and by his example, we have faith that all will be according to your will. In this effort, Lord, we pray for understanding and the courage to bring that understanding to bear on this struggling world. We give thanks in our continued prayers for those on the front lines of the coronavirus epidemic and for those in authority and leadership over this great nation. In Jesus' courageous name, amen. Amen. Christy, last week we talked about the first five of ten things that Jesus did without fail. We said he was faithful, obedient to his Father, knowledgeable of Scripture, action-oriented, committed to speaking the truth, and courageous in serving others. Today we will look at five more things which marked his ministry as he modeled courageous Christianity. With items six through ten on the list, Jesus caused the world to look into the mirror of God's truth. As I said last week, these insights come from my book, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, which you said you have mostly read. Well, mostly, and I'm still working on it. Promise, promise. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. So from my book, number six, Jesus was shrewd. When I say this, Christy, what comes to mind? Yeah, so shrewd. uh, Interestingly enough, I think um, when you go to shrewd, probably a lot of people out there are going, wait a second, isn't that a negative word? Isn't that, um, doesn't that mean mean or something along those lines? And so I had to double check my understanding of it. And when I went back to the trusty Google and dictionary.com, what have you, I found out that it actually means having or showing sharp powers of judgment, astute. And I've done some work around this word astute. It's, it's in a class I teach and people usually raise their hand. They're like, what's this astute thing mean? And so, again, I had to go double-check that word. And actually, it says clever, perceptive, intelligent. So, I mean, I'm thinking that's not so bad. Astute, clever, perceptive, intelligent. So in last week's show, I heard you say that many of us think Jesus is this humanistic softy. Or at least that's what I took from, you know, what we talked about. But that's not it at all. Jesus was not a softy. He was not only shrewd, he was astute. He was clever. He was perceptive. He was intentional. He was intelligent. And as I think about my leader, that's someone I want. I want shrewd. Right. It's very interesting. For me, I think of the warrior and I think of combat. And I think of husbanding resources, not wrestling with pigs, or as the Bible says, not throwing your pearls to pigs. Jesus was very intentional. He sought certain conflict and he avoided other conflict. For example, he healed a man in the temple on the Sabbath. Mm, Yeah. And yet there were many other times when he avoided conflict. Uh, People were clamoring for him to make him king, and he went to the other side of the lake. Right. He always had the big picture in mind, and we should do likewise. So I think about the fact that you can't give away what you don't have. So you got to protect what you have. Don't argue on Facebook. Don't try to answer questions which seek to ambush you. Keep the big picture in mind. Ask yourself in every situation, what glorifies God? Amen. And don't be bashful about walking away. It's discernment. It's judgment. It's astute, like you said. The bottom line is, don't dignify nonsense with a response. Refusing a fight is as important as fighting the right fight. And I think that's very hard, and it goes back to discernment, which we talked about, was what you do, when you do it, how you do it, and why you do it. And the Holy Spirit will will help us with that. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, 
as I think about that, and the word intentional comes to mind, and there's times to engage, there's times not to engage. If you don't have that bigger picture, then then you're probably engaging myopically, and it's not serving our Lord in the best way. And so taking that intentionality back, and I think that leads, leads us to um, number seven of your ten, Jesus believed in people. And so in believing in people, it's not always um, seeing it exactly how I think I see it. Let's look at that bigger picture and let's try to step back and look at how Jesus saw it. So then once we act in that way, we can choose better actions, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. The amazing thing is that he gave himself for us while we were yet sinners. Absolutely clueless doing all kinds of evil and he gave himself for us and then said that no one will snatch them out of my hand. He believed in us and he believed in that future potential and it's like when the shepherd left the 99 sheep to go and find the one. Right. So intentional. He will come and find that one. He will. And he believes in us and our potential And so we have to believe in us, and we have to believe in our potential. We don't get to exclude ourselves, say something common to Christians, which is I'm, or or which they think I'm not worthy. I'm. If you knew what I've done, well, Jesus does know what you've done. (laughs) He knows everything, every even down to every hair on your head. Amazing, and so we don't get to judge ourselves, nor do we get to judge others. Well, it's offense to him when we do, because we are the apple of his eye. Right. So if he had uh, believed in us, then we have to believe in us and each other. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. As yourself. Which is number eight. Number eight. Thank you. Jesus loved his enemies. And this is weird. We can love our enemies and still be decisive in combat. Right. And I, I can imagine that that sounds tough for listeners out there. You know, how do you do that? And, you know, let's just look at the secular world. I mean, people are coming at people all the time. And we, we've we got the perfect model, right, to follow the shrewd, astute Jesus. We've got the Word. We've got the book. We've got I mean, the Bible, um, the book, the only book. But it's in that decisiveness. There are times to engage, I guess, is what I'm yes, hearing. Yes, absolutely. And there are times when we don't. I guess I'd throw that back to you is from Courageous Christianity looking at it from the warrior perspective, even from outside of warrior for God, out uh, inside of combat, winter times that you would in fact engage, winter times when you would not. The enemy is going to tie you up and take away from your ability to do your mission, your big mission. So you here's something that happened in Afghanistan. Uh, Marine patrols would leave the combat outpost, and the Taliban would shoot some poorly aimed shots at them to interrupt their patrol, to interrupt the mission that they were going to do. And they would start driving their actions. Mm. And uh, something we're going to talk about in a later show is called the OODA loop, O-O-D-A, which stands for, it's an acronym that stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. There was an Air Force fighter pilot who figured out all decisions are made in that cycle. We observe, we orient ourselves, we decide what to do, and then we act. Mm Mm-hmm. And so a couple of phrases come to mind. Like in the old days, people would say, 
I'm not going to dignify that question with a response. Right. Now we live in this time where people think because they ask you something, it's your responsibility to answer. No, I don't have to answer. I'm not going to let you tie me up in that knot. Right. I've got a mission to do. And my mission is for God and to show Jesus to the world. It makes me think of if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But at the same time that, you know, there's times that we need to have that decisive message. Right. And it's better not to say anything. Well, you know. A lot of things come to mind. Sticks and stones will break my bones <laughs> right. and words will never hurt me. Right. Well, guess what? I'm not going to take offense because to take offense right. is to give you my energy. Right. And I need that energy to go do what I'm supposed to do. So it's very nice thing you, that you said that. Have a nice day. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> right. I, I read a book, a very interesting book called The Necessity of an Enemy. Mm. It said our enemies are our opportunity. The author, Ron Carpenter, told this story when uh, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem Peter was trying to talk him out of it. Okay. And Jesus looked yeah, at Peter okay. and said, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's pretty harsh. At the same time, when Judas brought the soldiers to Gethsemane to complete his betrayal of Jesus, Jesus said to him, do what you came for, friend. So oh, wow. we can't look at enemies as other, avoid at all costs. Because Jesus also said it's not the healthy who need a doctor. So we are going to have to engage. They are our opportunity. How we engage is important. And uh, my take on it is that what matters for all of us is doing God's will in whatever form that takes. So if you pass everything through the filter by asking, what helps me to accomplish God's will? The definition of friend and enemy changes. A friend is someone who helps you to accomplish God's will. If that is somebody who steps into your path and offers an insult to which you turn the other cheek and walk away. I was watching uh, Blue Bloods last night. Okay, I love that show, Blue Bloods. <laughs> I love I'm it sorry. too. It's all good. I love I Tom I think a Selleck. lot of people out there <laughs> love it. And good old Tom Selleck. He's awesome. He, he imbues everything awesome. he does with such heart. Yeah. And uh, he says something in there that I love. They're talking about the rule book for the police. And he says, how do you go by the book if nobody else reads it? Right. And our opportunity as courageous Christians is to show them the book. Right. So what is an enemy and what is a friend is different. And when Jesus says, love your enemies, he's, as usual, focused on the larger context, which is doing his mission for God. And uh, number nine, in terms of doing that mission for God, he set the example. Jesus set the example. We talked about it uh, before I asked you, which description of counterinsurgency do you like the best? And you said setting the example. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I keep thinking about that. Um, you know, that seems to be right now the easiest for me. And so I, that's probably why I'm drawn to that setting the example, because I am stepping into being more courageous, which more courageous for me is speaking my faith. Like you've shared, um, uh, asking for someone to say grace with me before, um, eating and, and some of it t- going back to the intentionality is it's not that I'm opposed to it I kind of forget it and so I need to be intentional um, but also knowing that um, I really I, I, w- I would rather be for God than for the world and if anyone looks at me and judges me for saying grace before a meal then right. I would rather I would rather that so 
while leading by example works for me, and I think there's a time for that there, I'm growing stronger more as a warrior because of this show, uh, because of what I'm learning and the steps I'm taking and growing in my faith to be able to speak into people. And even, we talked about this last week, I made a promise that I would memorize a scripture and I would do better with, with that. And um, that's even growing my faith. That is um, taking those steps, becoming more courageous. I think that's brilliant. And you, you memorized a different scripture as uh, yeah, well. Yeah, I did. Which was also, <laughs> Philippians You've 4, also 8. said something to me that I just love uh, when you quote Esther 4.14 and you say, for such a time as this. So the idea that there's going to be some perfect time when we're going to do all of those things is wrong. There's never a perfect time. The big picture, again, set the example, preach 24 hours a day, use words if necessary, do everything according to God's truth in love, lift people up. That might include telling them something they don't want to hear, but uh, that is our challenge. So number 10, along these lines, Jesus was not concerned with the secular world. And I, I love this. He was doing a heavenly thing. Why would he be? And I think of it like this. If I had the cure for cancer and I was rushing to bring that cure to the world, would I stop and have a conversation with somebody about politics? Would I care what I was wearing or what my hair looked like or what car I was driving? And the answer is, of course not. Well, today we have that opportunity and people are going to distract us. They're going to shoot poorly aimed shots at us. They're going to try and drive us around the battlefield. And Jesus summed it up so succinctly succinctly. Thank you very much. That's hard I, to say. I often say easier said. <laughs> yeah. And back then, everybody was spun up about taxes. The Roman Empire was taxing everybody. And Jesus was asked, well, uh, what about taxes? And he said, pass me a denarii. And whose face is this on the denarii? And somebody said Caesar. And he, he wrapped it up in these six words, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. How easy is that? Pretty we, easy. Pretty yeah. just out there, black and white. We don't have to belabor the point. We don't have to beat it up. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and move on to bring the cure to cancer to the world. It's life and death. Yeah, I think um, if you're not doing that, you're not living purely and freely. And there's so much surrender in that. And, and at the same time, when we're so wrapped up in the secular, we're not bringing what God put us on this earth to bring to right. the world. Truth. Truth. His truth. Which brings us to the moment of truth. That Good segue. Nicely done. <laughs> Friends, in every episode, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. We do this to remind ourselves that regardless of what we experience in the world, the Bible is a living, breathing, and absolutely relevant source of our Father's loving guidance, His loving Word. It never ages or becomes irrelevant because in reading and rereading it, as we grow in our faith, so the Word evolves within us. I can read the same passage 10 times and its meaning and the depth of its meaning grows. So true. So our moment of truth today comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Friends, we cannot be shaped by the world. Our job is to shape the world by showing it courageous Christianity. If we get angry at the world, the world shaped us. If we react to provocation, the world shaped us. In lust, in greed, in vulgarity, 
the world shapes us. Resist all of this. Walk peacefully in Christ. Be shrewd. Believe in people. Love those who are lost. Show them the way by setting the example. And focus on the things of heaven, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Christy. You know, my mind goes to none of this is easy, and it takes me to Luke twelve forty eight. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded, and from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Sometimes it's, you know, all of this is overwhelming, but these tactics, 1 through 10, as you've been talking about, these are the rules of engagement that we have. It, it can be as easy or simple as employing a tactic a day, like memorizing scripture. So we go back to that scripture. And this morning, I actually found out a way while I was getting ready to spend my time there memorizing scripture. And I ended up memorizing Philippians 4, 8. Um, not enough time to go in that and close right now. I would do it, but believe me, I've done it. Uh, but I filled my mind with that versus the, the, the um, kind of the ruminations of the secular world. And so these tactics can help us in, in so many ways, but, it, but it's not easy, but you've got to make a choice. Right. Got to be intentional. Intentional, absolutely. Friends, today we've talked about five things that Jesus modeled which would help us tremendously to emulate. We said he was shrewd, that he believed in people, that he loved his enemies, that he set the example, and that he was not distracted by the secular world. This is the mindset we must adopt as warriors in Christ. As we seek to bring Jesus to the world, which is in darkness, who cares about nonsense? Our mission is life and death, and we are warriors. Remember, we talked about the difference between a butcher and a shepherd. The butcher drives the sheep to slaughter from behind, but the shepherd leads the sheep to green pastures from the front. Lead in love. Set the example. Not too long ago, I was instructing at the Marine Corps Elite School for weapons and tactics instructors in Yuma, Arizona. The commanding officer of the school had a great expression for his warriors, which I really appreciated. Despite the high operational tempo of the school, the heat of Yuma, Arizona in the summer, the complexity of the exercises, and the high stakes of training the Marine Corps' best, he repeatedly told his warriors, keep the main thing the main thing. This was their mindset. Friends, the main thing for us, the thing from which we cannot be distracted, is that we are warriors, loved by God, restored by Jesus, and created specially for times such as this. We are his chosen. Keep the main thing the main thing. Focus on Jesus. He showed us how to contend on this battlefield in a way that would glorify his Father's name. People need God. Show him to them. Focus on that. Pour everything you do through that filter. Taxes are annoying. Coronavirus is scary. Technology is overwhelming. And the media makes it all worse. At the same time, Judas was Jesus' best friend. He helped him to accomplish his mission. In the same way, these forces and malignant actors on the spiritual battlefield will help us to accomplish our mission of glorifying God. Make friends with the opportunity of the present strife. Be a warrior and a shepherd in Jesus' name. When they see our good deeds, they will glorify our Father in heaven. Christy, closing thoughts. Yes, this is hard. This is or, hard. Yeah, this is, no one said life was going to be easy, right? Mm-hmm. But, and we may struggle with making these choices to do one through 10. But if we know that we know that our mission is for Christ, then we must choose to follow him and his word. Remember that we are with you in this battle, everyone. You're not alone. Excellent. 
And that is the truth. The scripture we've uh, repeated often, two are better than one. As always, I like to leave you with a quote. And today, Dr. Martin Luther King has something to say to us. I've quoted Dr. King before to me. He is amazing, a prophet in our time. And he said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Friends, in everything we do, we have the right to feel intense gratitude for the opportunity that we have to serve our loving God. This opportunity comes from the light and the darkness, that we walk in the light and that we can shine brightly in darkness, that we are gifted and forgiven and at the same time so badly needed. We can love because we are first loved. All I can say is thank you, God. Friends, if you want to know how to be a warrior in these challenging times, read your Bible. And if you would like to know more about spiritual warfare from the military perspective, please read my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. Thank you for joining Christy and me today. We know your time is valuable and we are grateful. I'm Richard Mendelo, and you've been listening to Courageous Christianity. God bless and semper fi.